The word bonita means beautiful, but it's also a synonym for love. My name is Viviani Aires. I am a licensed esthetician, massage therapist, makeup artist, wellness practitioner, and the founder of Viviani Aires Skin Wellness Facial Studio here in Philadelphia. Today and always, I invite you to be bonita. When you are surrounded by community and encouragement, I believe that you can truly become and embody the beauty that is already inside of you, no matter your age or background. My hope is that this podcast will be that community and encouragement for each and every listener. Get comfortable, Bonita, because with a little help from industry experts, we are going to share one-of-a-kind conversations about skincare, self-care practices, wellness, and so much more that will leave you feeling overwhelmed with self-confidence, self-awareness, and self-acceptance, and most importantly, powerful. So together, let's be Bonita. Oi, Bonitas. I hope you're doing well. I'm super excited for this episode with my girl, Eva Adamis. I hope I pronounced your name correctly, my friend. And we're going to be talking about menopause. And we both are going through it right now. And we recently was a part of this um, this panel and we were able to kind of compare notes of the symptoms that we are experiencing. So I was like, hey girl, let's jump on, on uh, Zoom and record this conversation because it's very valuable to women that it's out there and don't know what to do or don't know what is happening with them. I have experienced going to a, a physician at that time, and I was, and that was before my operation, my uh, hip replacement. And she just basically just thought that I was too young. And so we're gonna discuss about, you know, how old you should expect to not expect, but to be aware that could, you could be experiencing signs of a menopause younger than you think. All right, so stay tuned. And here's my girl, Eva Adamis. She is the founder of Valet and Bloom, is a healing holistic art practice in Elkins Park, PA, offering a sacred studio as well as gemstones and mineral boutique for local community and beyond. Valet and Bloom offers mind, body, spirit work with meditation and movement practice and energy balancing. Valet and Bloom uses practice on the native forms of healing from many places around the world. So I would like to introduce to you, Bonitas, my girl, Eva Adamis. Hello, hello, Viviani and everyone. Thank you so much for having me on today for this very, very meaningful topic of menopause and beyond. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for introducing me so lovely. I have some experience with you as well, um, going to your lovely establishment and receiving all of your wonderful treatments. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to share and compare notes on what we have been experiencing. And with my background being a board certified health and wellness coach, which really works in the professional sector, corporate wellness, having that experience for over 20 years and knowing so much about health and wellness, this is a subject that is still very much untapped. And even within spirituality or energetics, what I'm currently working in a private practice today, this is still a topic within that realm that is untouched. It's like a stain or something that no one really wants to try to rub out, but it's still there. So even within both practices of traditional healthcare, and then being in holistic healthcare, still not a lot of impact being made in this area. I agree with you. So first of all, I'm curious, how did you get into the healing arts space? How and when or what inspired you to get into it? Well, my background was always in corporate wellness. As I mentioned, I spent over 20 years being a 
board certified health coach. And I and I just lead with board certified because that's the avenue somebody would take on a professional basis to work within corporate America and work with large populations of employees, employer groups. So I did that for a number of years and my my role within that was really aiming to get someone to take better care of themselves, whether it was being an advocate for them taking their medication or having them learn about their chronic care condition or even getting a prescription to exercise more or to eat more healthfully, to manage their stress with things like meditation, all of those beautiful things. I love doing that. However, my hands were tied when there wasn't the opportunity, I'll say it that way. There wasn't the opportunity to talk about other forms, alternative forms of holistic care like Reiki, like maybe utilizing something beautiful and natural like a crystal as a focused tool of reminding yourself, I need to breathe better. I need to do this. It's just something that you can gaze into and find yourself within. I couldn't even really speak to alternative diets. When was that? That was in 2018 when I made the decision to leave. And it took me about 18 months of planning to go into my own practice. So once 2020 came around, so it was about the tail end of uh, 2018, then I, again, I planned. And then in 2020, I stepped out on faith right before the pandemic hit. I opened my own practice. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't really that nice, but it was, I had no idea. Divine timing. (laughs) Yes. So it was nice in this respect. During that time, people were really turning inward and utilizing introspection to really try to figure out why things were happening, where their faith system lies, how can they look at alternative ways of being well and being healthy. So it was divine timing for me to open up a practice in that way. And the practice that I currently run bridges the gap between traditional healthcare and holistic additional care. I don't even call it alternative anymore. I say additional care. Additional supplemental, yeah. Yeah, supplemental. Both really can impact you in ways in which individually they cannot. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's that's the beauty of ancient healing practices. That was the only option. Absolutely. I would imagine, right? So recently in my research of, of, you know, supporting my menopause journey, I've been doing a lot of research and the, the language and the words are is clicking in like this is not an alternative practice you know this is the practice alternative is if you're dying you need to take some medication and go to the hospital but if you want to support and manage your health right if you want to support your health these are the practices that you can integrate into your everyday or daily or weekly or monthly practices, such as herbal supplements and also some body work once a month. It will be very helpful as well, especially based on the topic that we're speaking of today. Yeah. Eva, why do you think the word menopause and the conversation around menopause is still a taboo? You know, I think it's a taboo because there's a stigma behind it. And the stigma for the word menopause is that you've aged out of being youthful or being attractive or that you might have aged out of having a fun disposition mm. or a youthful, a fun spirit. Like, like how I mentioned, it's like a stain or, you know, there's words that are considered a badge of honor. And then there's the ones that aren't. And menopause is like the deadly or the secret hush hush. I'm too young to go through that. Or, you know, I don't want to be labeled as out to pasture. All of those things. Yeah, I think it's the language, the mindset around menopause. Also in a country or maybe other countries that have this kind of culture, in a culture country where everything is based on youth, Mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to arrive to that stage or that age in life where youth is somewhat seeming like it's becoming lost. So the culture also dictates how we view menopause. Absolutely. And 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 so that's why we're creating conversations 
around that because we are part of the culture and uh, women around our age and in our 40s into 50s, even late 30s, uh, Bonitas, you can start perimenopause of age of 38. So that is not a 50 event. It's an ongoing thing. Some women do experience menopause. Some women just don't experience because of a, sur a surgical um, procedure or they bypass that time, or there are other ways that can accelerate to getting to menopause. And I think perimenopause journey. So menopause is when you full 12 months, right? That you don't have your period. So perimenopause, you're already going through that transition of irregular cycles, mood swings, vaginal dryness, uh, lack of elasticity when it comes to the skin, collagen as well. So it's a lot going on. And we were talking about earlier how our mothers and grandmothers didn't speak about anything about menopause. And I was asking Eva what she thought about it. So I would like for you to share with, with us, Eva, what do you think? Why or moms and grandmothers didn't speak who didn't talk about menopause, not only with us, but among themselves. Because as young kids, we are surrounded by our parents or our grandmothers or aunts, but we don't hear that word. Why do you think they didn't talk about menopause? I think it's just the chain effect of them not being the recipient of that discussion themselves. Mm. And, and, I, and I have a mom that considers herself very modern. And there was still not a discussion about what to expect or what may be on the horizon. And forget even menopause, because menopause is almost, like you said, you're already at that point where you're a year into not having your cycle. So the term perimenopause, I only learned really like 10 years ago. And I'm in my 40s now. So that was a relatively unheard word from me that I've ever had any kind of uh, relationship. I didn't, I didn't even know that word. So I believe it's just because they weren't recipients of getting that information themselves and they had to maybe forage through it alone. So sometimes that they just expect the same thing to happen. However, I did discover once I became aware of what these feelings I and these symptoms were, I started feeling a little bit better and more empowered to do something about it. So knowledge really is key. I love it. I had goosebumps. So it's just confirming. <laughs> so empowerment, I love that. So empowerment equals self-awareness, right? Which equals freedom for me. So when we know better, we do better. So for me, I refuse to embrace the idea of getting old, the idea, because the way society just kind of project that idea of getting old is pain, is ugliness, is emotional, uncontrollably emotional. And when we know that menopause affects our emotions, then we are able to supplement and support this phase that we are going through with practices such as herbal supplementation, meditation, exercise. I was just researching recently and I found this very impactful stats. Research shows that women can lose up to 20% of their bone density within the five to seven years post-menopause as estrogen levels decline. This is one-fifth of the skeleton strength. So resistance mm. training helps. So the idea of women lifting weights, you know, decades ago was out of the question or still to this day, because myself as an athlete, I'm comfortable in moving and playing in team setting, but not no, weight training for me was something that was just for men. My fear was to, if I lift weight, then I'm going to become this kind of masculine looking woman. And I, and that is not my thing. But the past three years after my uh, my surgery, I was introducing to the weight training, baby lifting <laughs> because of the recovery. But then now for the past year, like I'm working with a personal trainer and I told him that my goal wasn't to lose weight. My goal was to get stronger in my core 
because of the hip replacement, but also I felt like I was already struggling with energy. And I told him like, I need to get my stamina back, but I knew that I was going through, but I didn't know how much I had to support to feel my best self. So the practices, they have to be consistent. The commitment is serious. Like my, my therapist said, like, listen, I called her in an emer emergency phase and I told her like, this is what I'm going through. And I feel like I miss that Viviani of five years ago, 17 years ago. Like I don't have the energy. I don't have the mojo that I used to be. I feel disconnected to my body. And so she said, you know, it sounds like you're grieving your older Viviani. This is the new Viviani. As much as the conversations are out getting older and you're done, this is a new phase. So you have the opportunity to redefine, rewrite the story now, right? So it's not embracing, but accepting this transition, transitional period, and also rewrite the story that you want to tell to ourselves and to others. And that's why it spiked me. Or actually, I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking about menopause. Like, it's nobody business. So Eva, you are an amazing healer. I had sessions with Eva. was amazing. She did a beautiful chakra healing treatment on me. And she also introduced me some after her session. She introduced me to different crystals that I've, I'm into crystals. But Eva, she has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to not only to crystals, but just overall health. She's a healer intuitive, I would say. Yeah. So we were talking about like things that we can integrate in our everyday lives. And also the physical symptoms are showing up. And that's how we're able to describe the hot flashes and then the dryness and then the vaginal dryness and then other things. Yeah. Um, other things like night sweats. <laughs> the night, night sweats, right? <laughs> so Eva, tell us like, how does the physical body and the energetic body how can we work with integrate these two bodies together well first of all i want to applaud you for being consistent with your weight training because it is very it is mandatory just like you have that statistic of us losing bone density once we're one to five years into menopause that is actually more increased than um that percentage that you spoke of because after age 30 we lose muscle tissue just because of our age. So not only are we losing muscle tissue, we're also losing bone density. So I really want to just linger there for a moment and applaud you for taking control of that and working at both aspects so that you know, you can remain, maintain your sense of physical health. Not only is the physical body something that we need to regularly attune to, but also our nervous system, which is under the term subtle energy, sometimes we are experiencing the slightest impact of our feelings and we're not even full on aware of it. An example of subtle energy where our nervous system picks up something would be when you have goosebumps on your skin because you're excited about something or even being chilly, the temperature can even do it. The nervous system even picks up the temperature and alerts us that, hey, you need a jacket or whatever. Or it could be even butterflies in your stomach when you're feeling nervous. And that's why the word nervous exists, because our nervous system picks up and reads information for us. And it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. It turns instinct into intuition. And those are things that someone can really pay attention to and be somewhat of a super sleuth to figure out what's going on within themselves. That's fantastic because these are these are the body signals, right? To get our attention to something that is happening. And I think that unfortunately would we've been programmed to be detached from our bodies, right? Outside the stimulation and not really being in tune with our bodies. So then you know like something is not right, right? Absolutely. So you go and get tested and then boom, you find a lump in your breast. But because you're in tune with your body, you're able to pick that up very early, you know, stage. So I think that with age comes wisdom 
and also comes uh, patience uh, or priorities. Yeah. And that's something that we develop with time. And I think these practices are very helpful to support that, uh, taking it easy and also being very mindful of your time spent and your energy. I really like the fact that you talked about the nerve system because the nerve system has a lot to deal with our relationship with our glands. The hormones are the messengers throughout our bodies. And that's, we pick up on these subtle signals when we are more in tune with our body and in alignment. And I'm, I'll say this, I'm more in alignment when I am integrating these practices into my daily life. Like every morning I have to meditate. I need to focus on my breath, my posture and write down like that's that's what I'm doing now writing it down how many hot flashes I'm getting in a day yeah. the supplements that I'm integrating into my journey the conversations that I have with women like Eva and I encourage you ladies to do the same so can we talk about uh, the symptoms and how to identify the physical the mental and also the spiritual yeah there's so many possible symptoms, but then there are, I would say, a half dozen ones that really stand out. Some of the ones that, and I'll go from the most acute to the subtle ones. So the most acute, you already mentioned, the hot flashes that can come with night sweating. Then there is joint pain. A lot of times that's dismissed and it's lost because, oh, I just, I worked out, I'm experiencing delayed soreness, or I might've slept wrong, or it's because the air conditioning was on, it got into my joints. So things like that are more of the acute symptoms that you feel right away. You don't need the subtle energy to detect soreness or that you know that you're having night sweats and hot flashes. More of the subtle symptoms are the moodiness. It's determined that a woman is just moody by default. Not necessarily. We know what we want. We know what we need. And that supersedes a mood a lot of times. So if you're having extended mood changes that seemingly are coming out of nowhere, that's something to journal, like you say, and take inventory of. Another subtle energy kind of symptom is if things are feeling different. Let me give you an example because you, you hit it on the nose and that's why I said, aha, the glands. It's hard for me to even wear a heavier lotion now. I have since went to a body oil because it's lighter. It glides across my skin and I don't have that heavy impact. My skin is dry now. I can't really take the heaviness, even though that seems counterintuitive. Well, you need extra moisture, but I need a lightweight one at this point. I've noticed same clothing. Like yeah. it, it needs to be light and airy. Yeah. <laughs> Light and not constricting, you know? No. So subtle things like that is also something to take inventory of because it just, it just doesn't happen out of nowhere. And then also fogginess, which is not associated with mood. Forgetting things, feeling extra fatigue. Things like that are the subtle symptoms of perimenopause. When you're still having somewhat of a cycle, but you're having these cyclical changes. And I think the, the the most annoying part is the not knowing of this bothersome. Yeah. Because when you know, then you're like, oh my gosh, I need to call my girl and see what she's... Like, my girlfriend just asked me, Viv, what is the name of the oil that you told me about it? Because she's going through the same thing. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, here, I'm going through this. Let's have a remedy for it, right? Yeah. And I had this conversation with her this past Sunday and I haven't talked to her for like six weeks, like a month or two. And I kind of knew we are around the same age and I know her family and I had the opportunity to hear her. I was asking her like, hey, are you, are you okay? Are you experiencing uh, perimenopause? And she's like, girl. And then she gave me the whole rundown. And, and then on top of that, she's also, that's the opening. I I'm sorry. I have to just say this because sure. you, you just, you just opened me up for the opening. That's the opening. So you gave her the perfect outlet for her to express herself. And that's what our mothers, our aunties, our grandmothers, they're not asking either. Mm -hmm. It's not 
some, I mean, let alone not telling us, but even asking, hey, are you experiencing this? The, the asking is the opening. And so I'm glad that you asked the right questions because she just did the whole barrage of information once yeah. you asked her and you checked in. So that checking in is important. Yeah. And I think that because she has a lot of stress in her life, she works, she's a social worker in the CHOP, in the sickle cell department. So it's very stressful. And then three kids and aging parents and going through menopause. So I'm like, I gave her the list of things that I'm taking in. And of course, see your doctor, right? Yeah. But these are the things that you can supplement to support where you're going right now. And as I was talking to her, I realized how much isolation is a big thing when you're going through menopause, because there is that sense of shame, mm -hmm. right? There is a sense of what is wrong with me, yeah. right? Especially if you are in a, in a partnership, in a relationship where your sex drives, like it drops, and you look yourself like, oh, what? You look at your body like, what's going on? There is no sensation. You have that kind of like, don't even touch me. Don't even kiss me. And so at times you're like, Wait, what's going on? And you, I felt it with my fiance, like, is this how getting old feels like, looks like? It wasn't even connecting with the menopause. But it's like, I don't like this. And I was getting depressed about it. Yeah. Really, like, that's why therapy was, has been the best, one of the best tools in, within my, my uh, toolkit is being able to talk to a professional or even with girlfriends like, like us. Yeah. They'll have a little bit of, you know, a, a broader way to see things in a, in a very integrated, holistic way. But it was like, I, I wasn't talking about menopause until at three weeks ago like really like hey let's talk about it before I was like yeah I'm going through menopause yeah but I had to have a crisis to feel like oh shit I need this is going to be great for my clients and also the the women that follows me on social media and so you're the perfect person to have this conversation because one you're going through it like myself and two, <laughs> you are a holistic practitioner. And I believe that's the way to go because I feel like Western um, doctors, they don't have that ability to really look at the body as a whole versus just a symptom. Here's the the hormone replacement as, a, as an alternative or, you know, here's something else. It's a band-aid method a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not interested in that. Yeah. And I, just to touch on that a little bit, I, I definitely feel like in your toolkit and in your professional files, there should be your traditional medical doctor, your OBGYN, but mm -hmm. also a, na a naturopath doctor. I go to a naturopath doctor and what stirred me to do that is feeling the effects of perimenopause. So I have a traditional healthcare doctor. I have one. I have, have current. But I, I ended up going to see a naturopath because, like you said, they unpeel, they peel the onion, the layers of the onion back and get to the root cause of why you're feeling this way and how you're not feeling respondent to things. And another thing that you said that really I'd like to just spend a little time with, how socially you're impacted. You can even isolate yourself socially by going through these things and feeling like there's no one to talk to. And when we get into social isolation, there's a whole bag of, that comes with that. It could be depression, anxiety, all of those things. And we don't want to open up a world of isolation when there's so much support that can be out there for you. Mm -hmm. So it's so important that you're having these conversations with Yanni. It's so important. I applaud you. I agree. And then this means we need to have a, a part two and three and four and five. Would you come back? Yeah, because we can get into the nitty gritty about the tools, about what it is to do. Yes, for sure, for sure. So then let's get personal, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Ask away. I'm an open book. So, by the way, Bonitas, we're going to be actually doing part two, three, and four because there are so many different tools that you can integrate into your life to kind of smooth 
this transition, uh, such as, you know, the, the practices of sharing in a, a, a safe space, right? Ever your moon circles, uh, retreats that you have in your, in your uh, practice, uh, journaling, the art of journaling, aromatherapy, breath work, all of these things are very available, inexpensive, but it takes commitment. So we're going to go through this journey together and Evan and I are going to come up with easy walkthrough that you can integrate into your daily, um, weekly practices. And I uh, hope you enjoy it, but you have to tune in. All right. So I want to, I want you guys to have a, a better sense of Eva. And I'm going to ask her some personal questions, not personal, too personal, but so you guys have a sense of who this woman is. So what would you tell your 15-year-old Eva based on what you know right now? All right. Well, I got to go more than uh, 20 years back on that one, more than 25 years back. Uh, this might sound really cliche, but trust yourself. Have faith in your own inner wisdom. Lead with your intuition. Don't second guess yourself. Go out and do all the amazing things that you want, not only want, but need to do. Love it. Love it. Simple and powerful. So then if you could put anything on a t-shirt, what would it be? Love all, serve all. Can you unpack that? Yeah. Okay. So it feels like we live in what's quote unquote cancel culture. You could have 10, 15 years of experience with your friend or whatever, but as soon as you say the wrong thing, it's like, oh, they went across my boundaries, this, that, and the other. You know, I don't want to entertain being friends with this person anymore. So you're canceling someone out for making a simple mistake or judging them for maybe thinking differently than you, right? And one of the beauties of life, especially life in this culture here, is being able to have the freedom to think and say what it is that drives you or inspires you. And when you're with people that can hold space for you, even if the opinion is different, um, there's a way of behaving that honors that. So when I say love all, serve all, I don't mean that, you know, I'm for everything. I'm like Switzerland. I don't have an opinion. No, that's not the case. But I honor people where they're at and I respect and lead with love for all, no matter what it is. I know what true healthy boundaries are for me. And in doing so, I don't have to lead with a soft opinion that is more of a judgment. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Love it. Love it. I think I think the whole cancel culture is is noisy. Uh, because again, everybody easy. we we all got an opinion and it's okay. But your opinion is not more valid than my opinion. My opinion is not more valid than your opinion. So I think it's just a whole bunch of, you know, noise and people want to always want to be right and not really looking yeah. at their own, their own mindset and how they see life and people or even like humanity. Because we all have bad days and we all trying to get attention as well. So they might be speaking from just a headline versus the, the real exactly. truth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's a little bit of entitlement wrapped up in that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about skincare now. That's my jam. What are the new newest products in your skincare stash right now? Could be restocked or something new. I got something new and I, I have two new things. One that I got in yesterday. I already kind of mentioned that um, now I'm more in line with body oils rather than heavier lotion. So I have this beautiful tangerine jasmine oil. I mean, those of that just sound lovely. It sounds <laughs> very sensual. Yeah, yes, Jasmine is known to be somewhat sensual and tangible. I love, I love Jasmine. Fresh. So I felt like it was a great oil to get and um, to remind myself of spring, to also have that lightweight feel of nourishment and hydration on my body. That just came into the mail yesterday. And um, the other new product is an under, it's an under eye brightener. It's not, um, what do you call the brighteners that people will use as makeup? Hydroquinone. 
Well, that's the technical term, but what people will use to cover up their dark circles. Concealers? Concealers, yeah. So it's okay. not a makeup. It's oh, a light uh, tinted. Yeah. It's it's not even, a, it's not makeup. It's actually what they call an emulsifier or something. And it's supposed to, over time, light. Emollient? Emollient, yeah. So I got one of those because due to the perimenopause, I've been having less sleep at night. And it's impacted the skin under my eyes. And I guess maybe my liver is what I've been told. And that it looks like my eyes are a little bit darker. Like, it's been tough. So I bought one of those. I'm taking off my glasses just to show you the proof. I bought one of those. And I'm doing a semi-trial. I, I, I know I need to come see you, actually, with that. And then some of the restock products are just more or less my night serum and things like that. I really want to get more into the nighttime skincare rather than waking up in the morning and trying to do a rapid fit. I feel like nighttime is the right time in my age, in my stage right now. I'd love to hear about that though from you. Sure. The nighttime is the the most important regimen in a daily skincare, period. During the day, like if you just get some clarity why we have daytime moisturizers and nighttime moisturizers, or even some brands, they, they create serums, nighttime serums. So daytime is all about protection. Is protection against the environmental pollution and sun exposure and blue light and all of those things. And then you want to have your antioxidants, your vitamin C, your sun protection, your, your hydration as well. But lighter because daytime, you do have a tendency to perspire a little bit more because you're in movement. You're also in and out of air conditioning or heating systems so your skin becomes very also very stressed by these changes so that's the protective kind of action from a daytime regimen at nighttime is all about restoration so we go to sleep but the body goes into restore mode so then you go into nighttime regimens will be your retinols will be your acids will be your nourishment treatments such as face oils or uh, rich moisturizers for women they are going through this phase they are in this stage i love the way you said it in this stage it requires more nourishment or your skin becomes very dry and when it comes to the face skin uh, we should not be concerned with heaviness right because you're not applying any makeup you will want to sleep but i understand with the body because that's where we have the night sweats and so it can get a little tacky so i understand that ever that you chose that for me i prefer more of a like a shake butter rich type of uh, body lotion but body oils are amazing for me they are they're really addressing more of the skin and the body creams are more to protecting you know, the skin. So the way I have learned over the years in, in, in skincare, face oils are serums, but they are just oil-based. They are lip, lipid-based. So if you understand the the process of, and you know, essential oils, right? You, you is extract from a bar, extract from a leaf or extract from the seed, whatever it is, there is a process. So if the face oil is there from a nut source, it's coming from the seed of the plant. Therefore, it, is, it has the most nutrients in that form. So that what makes you know oils very effective. You just need to know which one works for you. Molecule structures, combination of different oils will determine the quality of the oil. But that is a good way for you to integrate like a nourishment treatment at night. And then you can use your daytime moisturizer. But knowing that a face oil if it is too heavy for you to use at night uh, or in the morning because you're applying the makeup, so then use every night or just use few drops on with your moisturizer. But what I recommend my clients to do is the face oil gives you the, the ability to really manipulate your face muscles. But a serum, because it's water-based, it can get tacky. So you can't do the face massage. The face massage is there not only for relaxation purpose, but actually you are enhancing the performance and the penetration of those products that you apply in your skin. And you're releasing a lot of muscle tension. So 
the night regimen, it is very, very, is the most important regimen in my opinion. So when it comes to the eye area, it can be related to iron deficiency, right? That darkness or that shadow uh, under the eyes. It could be iron deficiency. It could be lack of sleep. It could be water retention. So any inflammation against the skin of color, right? Because the eye area is the thinnest skin in our bodies. So in a Caucasian woman, you will notice that kind of bluish purple undertone is because you can see the veins are very close to the skin. So, you know, you have bluish red tone to that, the, the vessel. So you're picking up on that shadow, right? That combination of the veins. So then not only that, you have the stagnation of fluid, water retention, which causes lack of oxygenation in that area. So now that is an inflammatory process that we, women of color, people of color, inflammation triggers the discoloration, the overproduction of melanin in this case. And sometimes it's just genetic. And I don't think that is your case. I feel like that is more related to the lack of sleep and also the sluggishness. My my suggestions to you and my clients as well is to make sure that you're also applying your serums closer to the eye, eye area. Like right? so you're applying there a layer and then you go into your eye cream application and then you do your moisturizer. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, because the 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 eye creams are formulated in a very it's it's a complex formulation because they need to make sure it's safe for the eyes, right? You don't get blind. The molecule structure is very small. So that's why most eye creams cost a little bit more because the technology is it's different than just making a like a moisturizer. When you apply the face cream all over it, you are really not treating the eye area. Yeah, you are kind of protecting that area. But if you really want to treat the eye area, I would suggest to use a serum and an eye cream and layer a moisturizer, but just lightly keep the eye area separate in a way because you want to kind of manipulate that area with the eye cream which light touch can also create um, some kind of drainage like you're stimulating some drainage of fluid that is retaining in the eye area i also use my crystal um now i the always jade, yes yes the, the jade, jade rollers are great the jade roller but also what is it how do you say it? the gua sha gua sha yeah. Yes, I also use that, but I do prefer the roller a little bit more just because I can um, actually get movement instead of tapping. But would you say that movement is better or the tapping of the gua sha? Which one would you say is better for that delicate skin? Again, light touch. So if you want to address fluid retention. Somebody even said use a cold spoon. You can use cold spoon. Absolutely. Anything that is cold and light pressure it helps to drain, to drain, period. Because you want to lift the skin away from the fascia to allow that fluid that, that is built up and is stagnating that area. So, but if you are doing a massage with pressure and depth, then you're, you are just affecting the muscle. But if you have water retention, it could be under the eyes, it could be even in your neck and jaw, you want it to do light. And so if you have a gua sha, and you have a jade, in my opinion, because you see people doing gua sha, but they don't understand what they are doing. They are copying someone's technique, just looking at it, but they don't have an idea what they are affecting with the gua sha. What is the intention, right? If your intention is for uh, depuffing, then cold and light pressure will do that. And then you need to know the direction, right? So from the inner outer, it's good to have an idea what the glands are. The jade is easy. <laughs> You're rolling it. It's just easy. Yeah. You don't have to think about it. So I would, I would say 
jade rollers will be easier for you. When you are more comfortable with manipulating with the gouache and, and knowing what you're doing, it takes a little bit more of a practice, but your jade, a cool jade will do a, a very good soothing and deep puffing effect in any area, but definitely the eye area. Of course, if you're using a jade that is small enough, that is not smashing your eyelashes, right? So there are different uh, jade rollers that you can, They it's like a little ball, right? You can yeah. focus on the uh, under the eyes and then over the eyes as well, because there is a lot of tension on the eyelids as well. So doing something like that is very soothing and relaxing. So when's the last time you did uh, um, a jade roller, Eva? This morning. Nice. So do you do every morning? Do you do at night? I only do it in the morning because I feel like that's when I need it the most. If you know, I, it's not a part of my nighttime routine. And in fact, my nighttime routine needs a little bit more attention. Um, and that's what I was alluding to. But it's in my refrigerator. I'll grab it and I'll use it in my downstairs bathroom because it just really does depuff and lets me go out the door feeling like I'm not puffy and like I just woke up. Yep. 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 I have the one with the two little, I have the one with the full roller and then the ball underneath. That's more Perfect. Yeah. And then Perfect. I have textured ones too. So, but I don't use those. But I use that for my like forehead for more for tension. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. Do you have any like evening rituals that helps you to go to sleep more like, like peacefully? I just, that was my curiosity. <laughs> Yeah, but they're not skincare related though. No, no, it doesn't have to. <laughs> um, I have a routine three times a week where I'll focus on one of three things. It would be either a book to read before I go to bed, which will get a create a system of sleep imprinting for me. That's a term that I coined. Sleep imprinting is like digesting information that I want to retain in my sleep consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it may be a book or maybe sound healing where I'll listen to binaural beats where it'll take me into a sleep trance before I go to sleep or meditation. So BSM is what I call it. Book sleep meditation. It'll be one to three times a week where my nighttime routine will change. It won't be just me going to bed straight away, but it'll be a point to either read something, listen to sound or to do some light breath work meditation. The other night I'm focused like on my kid and my family before going to bed, I take care of him and that kind of thing. But the nights that I do the BFM routine, that's my time, my time. B, F, B for B books, B for books, books S for sound, and sound. M for meditation. Love it, girl, love it. <laughs> I will love for us to focus on that or part two. Okay. Give us some secrets. Uh, can please bring your your jams and your jade rollers all of in in your uh, toolbox. My crystals. There's a lot of crystals. crystals. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely the moon work. Yes, has been a joy and pleasure to have this conversation with you and sharing you with the world. So, what is the best way to find you and stay connected with you? Tell us. Okay, you can find me in person five days a week um, at my Violet, Violets and Bloom. Sorry, it's called Violets and Bloom. Um, that's located in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, which is just right outside of the Mount Airy northwest side of Philadelphia. And the exact address is 7906 High School Road, Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. Um, my social media, and this is where I, I got a little confused, is my Violets and Bloom. The location is Violets in Bloom, but you can find me on all social media handles by My Violets in Bloom. That would be Instagram, Twitter, that would be Facebook. And that's how you can reach out to me. Um, the website is www.myviolets.bloom. And there's a wonderful blog with information. Um, and then there's opportunities to shop for some of the spiritual tools that I just uh, mentioned, even the facial roller. And then also an opportunity to make a private appointment or come to a group event. Oh my gosh, ladies, this woman, she has this amazing treatment, chakra balancing, but it's beyond that. She does more than that. It's like freaking amazing. So any events coming up, Eva? 
Well, I just had one on Sunday. It was utilizing four crystals as a journey for love. It was actually like a wheel of love. It starts from your birth and then it goes to childhood, teen years, and your adult years. That was such that was such a lovely, lovely way to go into this next month of universal love being Valentine's Day that I'm thinking about recording this and creating a course out of it because I had got such great feedback from the in-person event. We have some in-store events coming up where you can make your own eye pillow, like with the the, um, the buckwheat seeds yeah. and put your lavender in it. So those kind of in-person, in-store events are happening in February. Um, the best way to get to know all of these things is to subscribe to my newsletter, which you can do at the website, myviolatsandbloom.com. And that way you won't miss a thing and you can tell a friend. Yes. And uh, all this information is going to be on the show notes. So you know how to find my girl Eva. If not, when you go to her studio or make any purchase on her website, please let her know that you're my girl. All right. <laughs> anyway, ladies, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Eva, for your time and your wisdom. I'm looking forward in doing part two, three, and four, and five, whatever it takes for us to create a, a support group for our, uh, our bonitas, because we do need to talk more about menopause and also this new stage in our lives. So thank you so much for your time, Eva. And is there anything that you want to share that you haven't shared yet or I didn't allow you to share? I want to say thank you personally to you and all the bonitas, but also take care of yourself, love one another, and really strive to live your best life every day, every moment. Thank you so much, Viviani. This is the best message. All right, Bonita, take good care of yourself and I see you next time. Ciao. All right, Bonita. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Be Bonita podcast. I hope you're leaving our time together feeling more confident. Keep the conversation going and connect with me on Instagram at Viviani Aires Skin and on my website at www.vivianiitis.com skinwellness.com and I'm looking forward to see you on the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Ciao.